0: You are listening to an exclusive on Pod Hub Network. Your city, your podcast.
1: With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon's throw. The
2: runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. He wow. Is out. The puck goes wrong. That ball's in well the left center field. Back toward the track.
3: You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks!
0: Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have our co-host, Tyler. We got Jim. And we have a special guest today. We have the Fort, Michael McHenry. What is up, everyone?
3: What's happening? Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Anytime, anytime.
0: So uh, we
3: are, we're
0: basically halfway through spring training now, right? Is that like official?
3: Two weeks left as of today.
0: St. Patrick's Day, even though you're probably listening to this uh, on (laughs) Sunday, this is recorded on St. Patrick's Day. So um, I apologize if anyone's, you know, a little drunk right now. There's no Irish people on this show at all. Celebrating and not not Tyler, by any, any means. But, um, wouldn't be me. <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's just kind of get down into it. I mean, we're <laughs> halfway through spring training. We got the Ford on. Let's talk to him about some baseball here, maybe a little bit on himself. Uh, I guess I'll just open up myself, Ford. So, two weeks into spring training, there's definitely been some battles going on. Jim and I talked about a little bit today. Maybe just getting your opinion. What have you seen that has stood out um, by any particular position so far?
3: You know, I guess the biggest thing is, I mean, the, the young kid Castro really jumped out. I know he just got sit down but like you know some of these young guys have really like in my opinion been almost on another level than I thought they would be I mean you would think after a lot of these guys not really playing any official baseball for over a year you know they came in you know kind of you know fire on their heels and just ready to go with almost something to prove even going back to Quinn Priester you know pitching a couple of days ago and his ability to you know, combat his nerves and compete in some way. I mean, obviously you don't see many 20 year olds, two years out of the draft really never had a spring training show up and pitch in a big league spring training. So, you know, these guys are getting things that aren't normal and I really think they're all going to be better for it. But when you really dive into the actual actual position battles, you know, I've been impressed. Uh, you know, you go to the shortstop, I still think Cole Tucker has so much in the tank. Um, you know, he reminds me of the way he's built and different things is Christian Yelich. And I, I, I so bad wanted to just put that together because they're built very similar. And Cole Tucker has the ability to hit the ball of the yard, but he just has not put together that, that plate awareness and, and being able to hone in on who he is and attack the balls he should be attacking. But he still has time. And I'd love to see him at shortstop. I think it'd be good for the, um, the city. I think it'd be good for the team because he's a fire starter. I do think Gonzo and Newman are the two guys up front with that. Um, and I think this year, or at least I hope this year, if Newman doesn't make it or, if, or uh, Tucker don't make it, they get to go down to AAA and just, you know, play. You know, Not have them on the bench. You know, they're still part of your future. We want to make sure to, like, let these guys – get at bats you know they've missed a lot of opportunity to just get some swings in so i hope that and then uh a guy that's really jumped out at me is uh bednar Mm -hmm. i think he's going to be the closer um without a doubt actually Uh, he's got a above average breaking ball and above average split um i think just having the freedom of coming back to his like home state you know i mean he's he's a Pittsburgher. he loves the pirates um, another thing I think would be really good for the city. I think they'll really get behind him. He's got that little swagger that you want to have. So, like, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of guys that stepping up. You can go to the outfield, too, like Alford. And um, what's the, can't think of the other kid's name that's had a, had a really big spring. He's a veteran.
2: Goodwin. Good one. Good, one. Good, yes, good one. Yes.
3: Yeah. Slipped my mind. But, like, you know, I, I feel like the culture they've created, it feels good to look out there and say, man, like, there could be a revolving door some this year and we're going to be okay. It seems like they love, they love being a part of the system and the culture that's created. They seem to care for each other. and I think that's what you have to do, especially with the small market team. So I think the competition's more between themselves than it is even the other guys. Cause I think they're kind of rooting for each other.
4: So. I kind of want to dissect your answer. Thanks that you kind of wanted a lot of detail there. So
3: that's what I did let's actually let's
4: let's <laughs> talk let's let's talk about um, the first guy you mentioned, Rodolfo Castro, right? Um, I think he surprised. I think the Pirates, you know, surprised a lot of us when they added him to the forty-man roster this off-season. Um, you know, protecting him in the roll Five draft, all that. Um, you know, when you look at it, he. I feel like I really like what they're doing with them. You know, they're, they're trying to make them versatile so they can, you can play anywhere on the field. Um, The power I like, I mean, it's, it's clearly there. Um, I mean, his last full minor league season, he almost had 20 home runs and it was something that I I don't think we really, he wasn't on our radar as a prospect to really look at until, you know, he, he got put on that 40 man and it's like, Oh, well, you know, he's got this one tool that seems like it's pretty good. Um, And then if you can kind of move him around the field and make him more versatile, you know, he could, he could eventually be a a pretty valuable piece on this team.
3: Yeah. You know, you kind of got to evaluate the game a little different now. I I do a lot of mentoring with guys and I I say, what, what's your elite ability? And if it's perfect with Castro Mm. is, you know, you look at something that they do at, at a, kind of higher rate than any other player around them or even in the major league. So like, if you can really own that, say it's power, say it's speed, say it's defense um, and be absolutely excellent at it it, it, it separates you. And then all you have to do is piece together the other stuff. So like you said, you can move him around. Now you have a guy that if he can play average defense, maybe even above average at a couple places and he has plus power, you can move him around the diamond because he's super athletic. And you have a bat that plays, I mean, plays big, could play big in the middle. So it, it changes the dyna- dynamic of kind of how you look at things. So instead of looking at things of just raw numbers, you know, Ben Sherrington and his, you know, khaki pants, you know, the guys that do all the analytics, that's what I call them. They, they, they're, they're breaking it down at a micro level to figure out, okay, who, who, in 2018 2019 was kind of just floating through the filter and, and they maybe got overlooked and I think you're going to see guys similar to Castro come out of nowhere because instead of a philosophy as a group, they're teaching the individual so like Jeff Hartley was a great example from last year. they made him own his sinker and own his slider and just Said, hey, this is you. They sharpened it up. They got him behind the ball better. It cleaned up everything, made his tunnels better, so the sequences are better. They got Rich Rod to throw more sliders, which his slider was absolutely outstanding. As soon as he got to big leagues, he just didn't throw it because his fastball is what he believed in. But it's not easy to get a guy to believe in a new pitch, right? To him, that's a new pitch. 91% fastballs, I believe, in 18. He was at 81% in 19. And the fact that he flip-flopped and he's almost at 30% sliders last year and his strikeout numbers went up, his whiff percentage went up, his velocity down a little bit, but he's, he's going to be able to still get the swing and miss on that fastball at 91. So the regime is doing a great job of kind of grabbing guys and giving them the information and saying, how can I help you with this and teaching the individual. So guys like Castro, I think you're going to see a lot of, I, I really do. Like, I think it's going to be a lot faster than people think. I know, I know that's a long answer, but there's so much going on right now in the system that needs to be like brought to light because no. it's different. I mean, it's real different. And the old regime was great. It's just, everything's changing really fast.
1: So mm-hmm. for you talked about the analytics crowd, you you called them the khaki pants crowd. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that, by the way. <laughs> and you also talked about you a. You always priest. see him in
3: khaki pants. Like
1: absolutely, like I just want
3: him to put on shorts and come out and like play catch with us sometime.
1: Khaki pants and a polo. Absolutely. So you talked about that. You also talked about Priester Bedner. One of the guys that I think is one of the most important parts of this team this year is Jacob Stallings, and this is a position you know very well. It's a very young rotation. They need someone behind the plate that is – they're very comfortable with. But also, the analytics crowd might not love Jacob Stallings because the bat hasn't played as much as, you know, you would love one, to. But these guys are going to be comfortable with him. And not just him, but Tony Walters, great defensive catcher. I feel like that position is almost as important as any other one this year with how young this pitching staff is.
3: I couldn't agree more. And I actually have a uh... – a stat so like jacob stalling's value so if you go back to last year he's third second or third in the uh, gold glove uh uh, race and his value because of the way analytics have changed the the way you look at a catcher Mm -hmm. now batting is only 31.5 like percent of the value in 2018 it was at 40 or something like that. So, you know, you lost 9% value just out of hitting. The framing is 21.4. So, like, you know, he's good at blocking, framing, and throwing. And if he can own that pitching staff and really pull out the best in him, and I think he has one of the better pitching coaches in all of baseball from, I haven't gotten to know Oscar that well, but everyone I've talked to that knows him said, like, off the charts type of guy he's literally trying to squeeze the, the ability out of you, the talent out of you, but he does it in a way that's, you know, empathetic and a, a way that, you know, really shows that he's not trying to, you know, put a tag on you. He's just trying to love you more than anything. So I think, you know, with Stalin's leading the way, um, health being something, you know, staying with, and the, the hit the hitting is, is if he can I wish he would tap into the power being six five, two thirty five, you know, he's got it in there, but he's never really tapped into it, but he puts together good at bats. He rolls over the lineup. Um, I think he was first or second on the team and walks. So like, you know, he's just going to do his part. And I, I think if he does that, I think he's going to be one of the better assets on the team. But I think the whole team in general has a chance to be plus defensively for the first time. And, I only went back about seven years, so you talk about a team that could be, you know, have a plus defensive matrix at every single position and on the bench. It's going to make your team a lot better real quick.
1: Mike, you just threw a lot of stats of us. Sir, so well, you wearing khaki pants right now?
3: I'm in my study room, right? <laughs> like, I'm I'm in the area yeah. of like where I got all this information, you know, coming, and I got I got two bosses now. I work for the Pirates and AT and
1: uh, I think you might have khaki pants on, and he he has khakis. Khaki he ripped pants. them though;
0: they're khaki shorts now, like ripped. You know.
4: <laughs> I like so. It. Hey, since we're talking about the catcher position, because we've had this conversation a lot on here, um, it's it's bound to happen here eventually. Probably, maybe even this next CBA. I know, I know, you're shaking <laughs> <laughs> your head, but new rules just came out. Minor league baseball, that framing stuff you're talking about. So.
3: They're going to and, and, the game. Don't
4: do it. Okay, so, so my argument, because I used to be a guy where I was like, you know what? Ooh, we're going to debate? Yeah, we're going to debate here. <laughs> we're going to debate because I think it's going to be me and you actually against these two. Um, but I used to be a guy and I was like, you know what? Let's just get the balls and strikes right. Who cares what the framing is like? Let's just do it all automatic, right? And I recently shifted my stance on that and mainly because of really just the value that catchers have brought to the game from their framing abilities. Right. You look at just on the pirates, Russell Martin and Francisco Cervelli, they they were, you look from an analytical standpoint, their numbers were like, there was another catcher in
1: there at one point. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I
3: wasn't (laughs) in Colorado. I didn't know. Yeah. It, It wasn't a thing until 14 or 15. It, started it was like really, really to light. Yeah, yeah. It was
4: it was really like was once like I feel
3: like I feel like Russell Martin kind of like broke it. Like he broke catcher war, right? Um, well, now his <laughs> his actually war is better than Yachty's now.
1: Now that yeah, he it's ins- driving, no. oh no, Russell Martin's so, a Hall of Famer according to this.
4: Yeah, exactly. yeah, so like so like Russell Martin, I feel like like broke catcher analytics because um, it like just turned everything upside down. But you you've got all these catchers, and especially like now. you're you're getting, you're getting catchers who are getting paid because of that particular skill, right. Between rail Muto, um, you know, Grandal is also up there too. So you've got these catchers who are, they're getting paid now because of what they're doing with framing pitches. And now we're seeing the shift to, Hey, if we go to an automatic strike zone, you're just, I mean, you're taking that whole skill away from the game, right? You can just put, I mean, maybe you just put anybody back there who can throw the ball to a base, and, and that's what the catcher position is going it's to turn just, it's into. It's going to
3: become and a DH. Sort of become. Right,
4: so I, I think that, and that's my argument against it, I see why people want to get pitches correct and they get pitches called correctly, because there's a huge difference, and you know this as a hitter. There's a huge difference between a 2-1 count and a 1-2 count, especially when you know it should be 2-1, but it's 1-2. Um, that's why the are so cool. Yeah, so I, I, I think... I think just taking framing away from an arsenal of a player. I I don't like it. Cause it it just, it makes that, that it's going to take away the catcher position. You just put anybody
3: back there. It's true. What do you guys got? Huh?
0: I I mean, I'm, I'm kind (laughs) of in the middle. And the reason I say that is, I mean, part of me is correct. I mean, I guess there's, there's nothing worse than like when it's your team that you see that that was as clearly a ball. And he got caught looking and it's like a strikeout, right? It irritates you. But the same sense when it's, you know, your team that's pitching, you're like, oh, wow, great framing. You know, like, good, good job stalling your head the back of the plate. So, like, I get wanting to get it correct, but at the same time, like, that is a skill that I can't appreciate. Um, and it's a skill. You know, it truly is a skill. We're seeing it. So, like, why take that out of the hand? Like, you're taking money off someone's plate because they've, they've obtained and they've really honed in and mastered that skill. Like you said, like, we kind of joked, you know, in, in a sense, this past offseason, like you could almost stick Josh Bell back there now. Like now he's a catcher, you know, because you don't really need to play a position now. You're just
3: Let's not get carried away. He's a big,
0: <laughs> big boy. He no. is a big boy. And, All right. yeah. I <laughs> mean, we said my joke about it.
3: Jacob Stoll is hyper mobile to be back there at 6'5". So.
0: <laughs> but it's like you're really taking away that skill. <laughs> and, yeah, so I'm kind of in the middle. I
3: see
1: both sides of it. Neil Walker's still be catching.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't know if his back would like him that much if he did that. <laughs> what do
1: you so got? I'm going to be on. I what am.
3: Throw it out there. What do you got?
1: I am the guy that is going to complain up and down on Twitter whenever I don't get a call my way. That's but cool. Like, yeah.
3: Part of the game. I love and it. And
1: I'm going to be out there screaming about I need robo umps here mm-hmm. right now. Right now, I'm done with these umpires. I don't want to watch Joey out there complaining about another Red Sox Yankee game. But as soon as one of them calls goes my way, ooh, my catcher's great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, love it. I love it. Well, I'll give you guys some other things to think about. So I guarantee you it will not stop there. So if they do implement this, will the umpires will disappear. So that part of the game will start to fade away, it'll, it'll look completely different. And another thing to think about is, like, if you get too far away from the tradition of, of, of what baseball is, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, you can do the new age rules, you can do some, like, stuff, but, like, if you start doing too much, you're changing the game. Like, and you, and you got to be really, really careful with, you know, how far you go, because, like, not oftentimes does it ever go backwards. You know, it it usually gets super progressive going forward and you just, you just can't look like you look back like, man, the good old days back there, but you're not going to go back. You're going to keep going forward and they're going to put more new technology or new rules. And it's just going to be kind of a mess. You know, like what they're trying at the low A level, you can only pick over twice. Huh? What? Right. Right? Like, okay. One, two, see ya. Like. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot of guys in the front office or at the executive level making these rules and they're not, you know, enthralled with the low A guys asking them what, what it is like, you know, deadening the ball this year makes no sense to me. You know, like the home run is fun. Like the problem in the game, which I'm going to allude to about why you guys do not want the automated strike zone more than anything is. The problem with the game is there's too many walks, too many strikeouts. Not that they're hitting homers. Homers are great, right? So they just made the pitchers better. They want more action, right? Then teach your guys, and it's already happening this spring today. Hayes hit a ball right through the four-hole, run around third base. Didn't try to hit a homer. He just said, I'm going to hit the first heater I see right over there, right? He has great back control. Stallings has great back control. Frazier, there's a lot of guys that can do that. You've seen bunts. Jack Peterson's bunted two or three times and he's got four homers or something in spring too. And like, if you start doing that, it's like a chess match. It's going to change the game a little bit different It also change the analytics, right? Because it's going to, the analytics are going to start seeing those hits as, you know, like, Oh, we got to fix that. So their algorithms and everything start changing. So now the reason you really don't want an automated strike zone is I don't know the exact number. It's probably 30 or 40%. Are actual
2: strikes. Guys don't throw strikes anymore, so I know that. The guys know that. I would. I'd just go up there, and
3: not swing. I'd make them throw strikes, so it'll create more walks at first, possibly less strikeouts, maybe, and then it'll also eventually create more offense and more frustration, and then it'll go backwards. Because, like, once you can bring them back into the zone, it'll create more offense, and guys will start leaving balls up, blah, blah, blah. The catchers get lazy, so there won't be as many balls in the dirt because they don't have to block the balls and keep it off the umpire because the umpire doesn't matter anymore. And all these different realms are going to start happening just because there's a system in place calling balls and strikes. So, like, you got to, like, really, like, think about it. You you got people that could lose their job. You got a game that will probably slow down – to molasses at first, and then you have, you know, all these other things going on. So like you, you just got to process it and look at it a little bit different because, you know, the players are getting benefited. You know, Jacob Stallings would have never gotten as many opportunities without that receiving ability in 2019. And he worked his tail off to figure that out, but he was always defensive oriented, but his ratings were so bad. He was like, why am I bad? Like, I, I don't get it. So, he went to the drawing board, figured it out, came back. Now, he's a starting catcher, and he was in the gold glove hunt. I mean, that's a good story, right? For sure. Those, those stories are needed in baseball, and you know, they're, they're already into the draft. You know, I don't I think there's 20 rounds this year when I was drafted. I think there was 50. Last year, there was five. You know, Paul Goldschmidt doesn't get drafted last year, I don't get drafted last year. Alex Presley, Josh Harrison, we can go on and on and on and on and on. So, like, they're changing the game fundamentally just about everywhere. So, like, you you got to be really sure something like the automated track zone because that's, like, way, way different, right?
1: It's a big deal, It won't yeah. stop
3: there. It will 100% not stop
1: there. Yeah. So, you're telling so, me you don't want them to change the shift in the minors. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let
1: the game figure it out. <laughs>
4: so, I'm here's my like why... – uh, so, the, I think we, we agree on the automated strike zone, right? Um, we better. The, dead, the deadening <laughs> the ball.
0: Um, Horse the, gun, the kick her ass.
1: The
4: <laughs> no, I'm just I am I am for deadening the ball. However, I think. What a dork. Hold on, oh, I hold on. Hear, I, think there's, I, I like hearing opinions. Hold on, hold on. I think there's one more step, though, that they didn't take that needed to coincide with that. Okay. Uh, there we go. So, so I feel like what what the problem is, and you mentioned it before, it's it's walks and strikeouts. I I just kind of say there just aren't enough balls put in play in general. There's 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 balls. The baseball is a like balls and play problem. Do, do you know um, why that
3: is, by chance?
4: Well, because player behavior has shifted. They've they've realized that hey, strikeouts really aren't that big of a deal. If I strike out as a hitter, as long as I can pull the ball hard in the air. I'm good. Um, pitchers, their behavior has changed to throwing fastballs up. It's it's driving more strike. I, I mean, both sides are playing into the analytics, and the analytics show that what they're doing is the most efficient way of playing baseball, right? And it's money. It's exactly. It's the most efficient way. It's the most. It's the best way to make money. But it's probably not the best way to watch the game as a fan, right? right. So deadening the ball. I think is a good step, but I think what also had to be done with that because deadening the ball really is just hurting the hitters, right? I think what also had to be done is you move the mound back like six inches. It's, it's one thing like that 60 feet, six inches number hasn't changed since the beginning of like, like 1770, something like that. 1870 pitchers are a foot taller now than they were back then. They're throwing hundred miles an hour now. So I feel like if you move the mound back six inches, give hitters just a split second longer to be able to react to pitches plus deadening the ball. I think you fix the behavior problem that that is the problem right now in that, Hey, maybe players are now going to be able to put more balls in play. Their balls aren't going to carry as far, but they'll have more time to react to, to 103 mile an hour fastballs from Jordan Hicks and people like that. Um, so I, I think that's what should have happened as well as deadening the ball. Hate it.
3: <laughs>
1: Absolutely hate it.
3: But I think it. I think it's. I think it fixes. I think it
1: fixes the problem. Like no, we literally just talked about not changing baseball, right? Well, but no, tweaks do, and things, no, tweaks have happened throughout time. We need to just yeah, maybe we raise them out a little bit, whatever, or lower it, whatever we need to do. So We just I'm need to let hard. these guys develop go ahead, go ahead. properly and we give them a little more time. Another generation is going to come up where we're not going to have the pool happy hitters. Everything's going to re- going to adjust at some point.
4: The problem that you're going to run into is these pitchers aren't going to stop throwing 100 miles an hour.
1: Nope. I mean, not to, that's not that's
4: going fine. to stop. They're just going to keep throwing faster and faster. Like 10 years from now, we'll be talking about pitchers hitting
1: 110. Yeah, um, but I doubt that. Highly, highly, highly. highly. <laughs> I'll
3: have to look into that. I wonder what, yeah, I mean, I wonder what the torque. So I don't like know if that's
0: physically off. possible. But yeah, the, no, I, mean, I don't I, think
1: I, drive line that well.
0: I don't know. I have no idea. The limit doesn't gonna exist. Do
1: it, Trevor Bauer is going to show <laughs> up the drive line and try to throw one ten.
4: Oh yeah, but Trevor Bauer physically can't do it. I mean, he's 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 turned himself into an excellent pitcher from from everything that he's done. You know, physically, he's not capable of throwing that hard. But if you yeah, take somebody, is. if you take someone who's already throwing 103 and you take him to Drive Line and he's able to manufacture a new way to deliver and throw, then maybe it could happen. Yeah, then maybe they're elbows.
3: Dri- now, nice. Drive Line's philosophy and Florida Baseball Ranch and Texas Baseball Ranch, it's all coming together. So, like, guys are getting hired. Like, the Reds pretty much hired They hired a, a couple Al of and they hired uh, Kyle Bode, who is one of the uh, original uh, owners and starters of driveline. They just hired Eric Yeagers as a pitching coach in the big leagues. Like, these guys are getting into pro ball, and they've never even seen, like, pro ball before. They're getting in to develop. So, like, yeah, it's going to continue to evolve, and you're going to see some really cool stuff, and guys are going to enhance their ability better than they ever have because they have a cheat code and analytics. But going back to your your thought about, like, Getting the ball. What if you just worried about the fans and let the game be so like, be more interactive with the fans, be more transparent with the fans, open up, uh, the, the batting cage, you know, like, so you can see, you know, maybe not all the time, but like, I I'm really working on the media side with this in the sense of like, how much can we get right? What is Jamison Tyon working on in the bullpen? How did he create that new arm, um, arm arc to throw or arm path, like all those things and keep it going through the off season. So then you become like involved in a relationship with those guys because you start to understand them. You start to see them as human beings and as a player. I think that would build a fan base that like gets behind those players. And then also like, I don't want to say they need to do something to get these owners to like, have players stay, like, like I don't care mm-hmm. what they have to pay. Keep Brian Hayes. Like he needs to be here. Like, like they got to figure it out in the sense of like, you know, if you see a guy like own it right out of the gate. Like g- get that guy signed. Like if if Castro's your guy or O'Neill Cruz is your guy, like or Priesters your guy, in a year or two, sign those guys. Like lock them in and and, and give them some guaranteed money and, and and let the fans be behind something. And something we're going to do on ATT is we're going to try to give real-time updates and real updates on some of these guys that are in the minor leagues to get people, like, seeing them, you know, like, get a feed in uh, Bradenton, get a feed in uh, Altoona, so, like, you guys maybe could see the highlights and see, you know, a couple homers that O'Neill Cruz hit down in Indianapolis and get fired up because that's the problem with the game is baseball is behind football. And NBA is leading the way with the technology. You know, they're branding their players so well, and baseball sucks. Mike Trout may be the (laughs) – when he's said and done, he's going to be a top-five player. And, like, you don't see him on national – Nobody knows him. You don't don't see him out there, right? Like, when Kutch was here, he's a really good friend of mine. His publicist did all this stuff. Like, and that's the thing is, like, we should be – going all in trying to get key Brian Hayes as an organization as at and and Greg Brown brought this to my attention and as a fan base key Brian Hayes should be a rookie of the year this year we should literally like make an earthquake of noise to get that guy to be you know rookie of the year bring that national attention to Pittsburgh even if we're not going to be a world series bound team because that's fun that guy's going to be really really good
1: you, already, like, you, know what, really, you know what happens when you try to share a Brian Hayes video on Twitter? Say what? If you try to share a Brian Hayes video on Twitter, yeah, you get a copyright strike. The NBA, that don't happen. They, right. let,
3: like, they let it fly. Because it's promoting the game. Exactly. Like, yeah. you're not getting paid that's, for that's sharing why it's that, so right? Backwards. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Like, I can share because I'm a player, whether that, like there's copyrights or not. But, like, they, they say that all the time at at like if you notice on at and Twitter, they never show any of the like mm-hmm. game footage. And that's because the rights they have and all this stuff. And I'm like, we're pretty much partners with them. Like you pay them. Like we don't beat them up. We love them. Like we want the same goal, but like it's, it's, it's the fan experience that needs to happen and they need to just bury it in technology.
0: No, I, I'm a firm believer in that too. It's funny. Cause you started saying yeah. that I wanted to bring it up and say, so what you're trying to say is more or less, you need to market these guys. Right. Because I feel like yeah. that's, that's been the issue. Like baseball is just their marketability is just terrible. Like they don't market the, the game as much as the players more or less. And what I wanted to say to that, because what you said, I liked a lot of that. And I want to bring this up too. The Young Bucks account. Like, I feel like the Pirates maybe are starting to do that. I love that Young Bucks account.
3: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: And, you know, with you maybe expanding on that stuff, I think that is great because now you are starting to see these guys. You hit on the head. Like, you're right. People don't even know who Mike Trout is. Everyone knows who LeBron James is. Like, everyone knows who all the – they know the the role players in the NBA. And you have, like, the best player in baseball. And if he is walking down the street, like, 90% of the people walk past him and not even say a word. You know? Yeah. So, like, I do like what the, the Pirates have done with that Young Bucks account. You're seeing, of course, we're in a transition phase. You know, it's the rebuild. Just seeing the future stars, right? The future people. You're seeing them now. Yeah, I mean, if I could see O'Neill Cruz hitting some home runs right now, I can't see that anywhere. Unless I'm looking and seeing your, you know, your Twitter or Instagram account or some, you know, Beat Writer's Twitter Instagram account. I can't see that from any feed or anything that's being marketed for them. You know, it's right. just like it, it by it, chance. It's
3: hard, it's hard for... For me because like like I don't even get help with that stuff because like the, in their minds they don't want it to happen right so like I go I go and get it like off the systems we have and, and stuff and it's a lot of work sometimes sometimes i I grab it from someone else, but it's still like the work of like all right when was this what's the date if I do it like that like and it should be free flowing right we should have like the ability to go real fast I mean we have all that capability but because we're not in the same mindset to do what you're saying and promote the players and brand each player because like you can take a great teammate, maybe he doesn't play. Right. But like, he's just a great dude and he's funny. Like you can promote that. Like, uh, Todd did you Frazier- guys ever see
0: huh? <laughs> Todd Frazier was Dr. mic'd up? Like that was a great segment, yeah, you know, yeah. he was mic'd up. Like- he had fun.
3: Yeah, and that's going to make fans, like, want that more, right? And if he's a guy that would be willing to do it, put on a, like, every Thursday when he plays, right? Todd Thursdays or whatever. Like, just play the game within the game because the business and the player, like, the, the MLB is a business and the player is a business. But they try to make it just about the MLB and just about the PA, where it should be individual players and they should really do a better job with, like, you know what are they doing now? Like where where's Jeff Carson's right now? Right? I mean the guy catches a big fish every I would love to now Right? <laughs> right. But like
1: Yeah,
3: you know, he he's he's gone overseas and coached. Like stuff like that would be cool for fans to like I feel like it's a family atmosphere in Pittsburgh and they're not owning that market. And then the next thing I would say is like why not create an identity of a pirate? So like that blackout game was a statement but what if you created an atmosphere where it was just a giant pirate type party right like when it opens up you have a cannon and right shoots the ball every homer Cannonball coming make sense and like people don't like coming to play to pittsburgh because we're mean we're angry we're like pirates like it'd be so fun (laughs) you know like like the the pistons back in the day when jordan was playing oh god Right? They <laughs> everybody knew you were going to get beat up when you played them. Yeah. And I, I, well, I think like, stuff like that's awesome.
4: Yeah. Well, the original renderings for PNC Park, there was, a, there was supposed to be a ship docked outside, oh. like on the river. Like that would have been sweet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. thinking back to the, like yeah. that, was it the AJ Burnett's last home start where they had the bat signal in the back? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that is just amazing. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Now that blackout game was just, it was unreal. I mean, it was. I've been to a lot of huge sporting events in my life and like, I've never got the chills like then I, that I did on that game, even oh, just during like warm ups, It was insane.
3: <laughs> it really was. It was absolutely outstanding. Yeah.
4: Um, I don't even remember what we were talking about now, well, but no. So, Oh, so about the players, right. I, I, I brought up this idea a few weeks ago. Like what if baseball had like a NFL red zone type channel? You know, and it was yeah. one of those things where it's harder to do in baseball because, like, you don't always know, like, there's no red zone per se. But, you know, like, when Fernando Tatis Jr. is up to bat, like, go to Fernando Tatis Jr. When, when Trout's up to bat, you go to Trout. When Soto's up to bat, you go to Soto. So everybody's seeing, like, the, the main stars. And you can, you can watch and it'll bounce around from game to game. There's enough action every night that I feel like you could, you could fill up the time. Um because what the, there's either gonna be a superstar up to bat or there's gonna be some sort of close ball game with runners on base and things like that. so I feel like I feel like something like that would be nice, you know that 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 doesn't exist when when like why not?
3: <laughs> yeah, like uh, like doing some split screening with yeah. interviews and like split screening with teaching and like what just happened in that play type thing. you know I, I think all that stuff, like, you know. Life moves way too fast for baseball right now. And they just got to speed
2: up.
0: Agree. And not so much with, with rule changes.
3: Amen. <laughs> um, I want
0: to so, actually pivot this back because I ooh, feel like we can, we can go like for three hours or seven. Yeah. As I I earlier, changed About all this stuff. But let's pivot back. One thing that you said, too, uh, before the show, you mentioned how you feel like a lot of people – maybe not writing this team off, but don't realize how close they are to probably competing again, right? Uh, so I want to take this back your time. You know, I feel like there's some similarities to, you know, this team right now to maybe like the 2011 Pirates team, right? Where they're almost on the cusp, which just so happened to be when you came over to the Pirates. So maybe if you can give us maybe some, if you see any similarities or comparisons with that 2011 club to this 2021 club.
3: You know, the,
2: the probably the, I would say they're better. Um, Not,
3: not in the sense of like overall players, like, but you know, the 11 team had a good mixture of, you know, young guys coming up and, you know, me, Jay Hay, uh, Tony Watson, Alex Presley. um, There's a big group of guys kind of shifting in Jared Hughes and you had like, like not like, you had established big leaguers and then you had a, a good group of like Kevin Correa's and, you know, and guys that were a little bit of journeymen in the big league. So like you had kind of a, a hodgepodge of sorts. Right. And we came together as a team. And when you have something like that, you, you, you kind of have to hope like, okay, certain things have to go a certain way for it to happen. But what it did was it made people feel comfortable and guys stayed and it gave enough time to create enough of a depth you know for us to be really really good in 13 right um, we fell off because of our depth both years you know a couple guys get hurt you know you just try to fill the role maybe they, they made the right move maybe they didn't and who they played that is what it is but this team has more depth like way more depth so and they they're going to have something possibly that they do elite and, and that's going to be their defense. Um, it, it really depends on the outfield more than anything, the infield across the board. Um, Newman, Newman's about average, but like, you know, Gomez and Tucker are both above average. I think Moran's going to bring up Josh Bell's numbers big time at first base. Todd Frazier is going to be probably right at average. And then Key Ryan Hayes can be right behind probably Nolan Arenado is the best you know, you're talking about eight runs saved, nine runs saved. So um, that's like getting nine more RBIs, you know, if you think about it. And then Jacob Stallings was seven last year. So say he can get nine. That's 18 RBIs. That's 18 runs you're going to add on to your team and take away from the other team. Now you go to first base. Josh Bell was probably a negative two last year, negative three, right? Even or plus, right? Say you're plus one, you're at 19. Frazier was a five. So you just keep going around the diamond and then Reynolds was a two. Polanco was a two, you know, and then you have Alfred and these other guys that are capable in center field. And you're looking at like, huh? Okay, we're gonna be plus all the way around. So we're gonna be able to defend, defend really well. And all these guys have a chance to bounce back. Reynolds is raking right now. Newman made some swing changes. He's raking. Those guys aren't gonna hit 190. Blanco's going to have a big year. It's not, it may not be 18, but the guy can absolutely kill a baseball when he makes contact. So the fact that he's making contact now is, is a huge, huge thing because if he made 10 or 15 more, like, contacts, 10, it would have changed his whole year. Like, it, he hit the ball so hard, like Stanton, Judge-type hard, like crazy, crazy hard off the bat when he hit the ball, it's just, he couldn't put it in play. So they're better than maybe they're represented as, because you have to kind of look a little bit deeper and, you know, you've seen some of the arms and some of the moves that have been made and like how we got a guy like like Bednar to get over here. It got 95 to 98 with like crazy, you know, swing and miss stuff and some of these other guys that are, you know, Coming up, it, it's just it, it's just gonna be fun to see. It, the only question mark I have is is really Keller. Like what what what's gonna change his mindset to start punching tickets?
1: But I there's I, I about really four different he things, things I could ask about there. Say what? There's about four different things that you just touched on that I've been talking about for a while that I could go at there. I agree with you on Keller. He's a question mark. What I really do wanna ask about though, you mentioned Brian Reynolds swing change, and I'm gonna nerd out on you for a minute love it. I feel Brian Reynolds is a guy that, in my opinion, his swing is one of those where I don't feel like he's a guy that's going to be a streaker hitter. He's going to be a guy that's just going to be a consistent 280, 300 hitter. He's going to give you what he's got. I think you might've been a guy like that as well, where the, the swing's real compact. It's getting to the ball. He's not trying to do too much. So I did read something where I think Reynolds was one of the worst hitters in baseball on outside pitches that were thrown as fastballs last year. So, in my opinion, for Brian Reynolds, that's more of an approach issue. What are you seeing mechanic wise that he has changed to get back to where he was? So, so
3: um, this is almost exactly the same as what Corey Dickerson dealt with when he got designated from Tampa Bay. So, He's friends with Corey Dickerson, and I'm I'm kind of wondering if they talked. But so Reynolds is a foot down early guy, and most foot down early guys, and inside out approach guys, guys who can really drive the ball the other way, run out of bat away. It's 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 a normal thing. So like, but it also makes a great hitter. So you know he tried last year to get on top of the plate and do some different things that made him spinny. Blah blah blah. Well, this year, so he loads into his legs down right. So. Some guys, you know, just really cock their hands. Some guys get on their backside. But the whole thing is you just want the bow and arrow to go, right? You want to, f- right. how, how can I get this completely pulled and let it go? Well, last year, he'd get it here, he'd get it here, and then he'd get it here. And it was really like a rhythm thing. Like, it was like he was trying to figure out how to get in rhythm the entire season. So it makes me wonder, like, did he have something nagging him? You know, when Josh Bell went sour in 2018, For a month, he had an Achilles issue. Why the pirates wouldn't bring it up? Why nobody said anything boggled my mind because he was getting destroyed, right? The fans were destroying him, the media was destroying him. Like, will somebody say something about his Achilles? But they didn't. And it hurt Josh Bell because, like, he wants to be great and he wants to be good. So, like, when he's getting beaten like that, you know, he thinks he should always be great. But that's not the way it works. But with 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 Reynolds. I completely agree, and the the thing he's done is he's put his hands kind of in a stationary position. He's starting taller, which is more athletic, so he doesn't get hunched as much, Mm -hmm. so he has a better posture, which clears space for him to swing, and he's loading into that leg, and today he got caught in between, and he was able to take a walk, which I thought was amazing because, like, it's going to happen. But last year, him and Frazier would do the exact same thing. They'd get caught, and they'd swing in a panic. But, you know, the, the couple of times I've seen him get caught, they would make a bad swing. They would walk out, take a deep breath, get back in and kind of readjust. And that was something they weren't doing last year. It's like the game was a little fast. It seems like they've really slowed it down and the way Reynolds is hitting now, if he can figure out the, so he probably sinks this much. I don't know if you can tell him. I said, it's about my head size. Maybe he's got to understand that like he can still get ready to hit here. Now he may not get as far as he wants and stretch through the middle as much, but he can still get, you know, his swing off. And that's right. where he, he'll be able to connect with that outside pitch, you know? And I think his approach is going to shift a little bit. He hit a ball the other day. It was like 97 up here for a homer. He, he wouldn't have touched that last year, but it almost looked like he was looking for it.
1: Right. So and that's, I
3: think, I think the mixture between his mindset and the, the, the shift in maybe his approach and the swing change of getting – he just looks so comfortable being taller and sinking instead of being sunk and sinking more.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Baseball is right, just right. weird.
3: It's the, so weird. The, how
1: much an approach can even change mechanics is – it just it boggles the different. mind.
3: Like if I played right now, knowing the analytics, I would have done things completely different even as a bench player because.
1: You would have been Matt Stairs trying to hit a home run every time you're up in the pinch hit. No
3: doubt in my mind I would. <laughs> because, like, I, I should have been doing that my entire career. and Just nobody told me. Like, and the reality is, is, like, yeah, I would have 100%. But I also would have looked at how they shifted me. And I would take my hits when I knew I couldn't hit somebody. You know, like, I, I faced a lot of guys. Uh, I remember one time I faced Verlander, Kershaw, Grinky, Johan Santana. Cliff Lee,
2: um, Roy Holiday, and Josh Johnson.
3: And my eight starts, I was hitting, what, 180. An easy week. E- yeah, easy, right? <laughs> so, But, like, I would change the approach. So, like, I was going 0 for 2 or 1 for 4. Like, <laughs> I wasn't having bad games. But, like, if you do that for eight games, you're not hitting well, right? So, I would have taken some opportunities, like, Hey, I'm, I'm runner on sure, second base. We've all got you know, something. Yeah. No outs. I may try to push bunt or like bump the base. That was the, so the defining moment the of the entire 20th. Like, I changed the whole like idea of the focus on what can I do today? Okay. Right? I can't hit this yeah, guy. Yeah, I know I can't right. hit it's this tight. guy. Smartest, smartest. What, what am I going to do to help my team today? And I would change my approach. If I could think I could launch that day, I'm going to launch. And that would be so my ba- main approach. Yeah. But I'd also say, man, they're going to shift me. I'm just going to try to hit the four hole the whole day. Like all day long I'm gonna try to hit that ball right there. And hopefully I do it twice. You know, like so and- basically
1: you're saying if Carlos Molmar Mar- 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 is Mar- on the Mar- inning, is on the mound in the eighth inning, and you're looking slider, you're gonna try to send a yard.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I probably still have a Facebook post yelling fort. That was that was after a, that one. a
3: really cool moment. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> hold hold on. He didn't say hit a baseball. He said he said
4: he
0: could hit a home run. Talk to the smartest of Kyle in the world. So yes, twenty eleven.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> Hitting a home run off a tee is
2: harder than you know the fastball yeah, coming in. I would
1: think. Then twenty twelve, what'd you hit? Two thirty three. <laughs> you should tell him. You probably uh, know. Them.
3: 233, 12 homers?
1: No, two 238, 12 homers, yeah. Then a down year, then you went to Colorado, hit 315.
3: Yeah, I changed my swing. Uh I I
1: well, yeah. I, I probably hit 12 homers in course field. <laughs> Not funny. All off Kyle <laughs> Hendricks.
0: <laughs> Listen. Or it's like, what's going on here with all these inside
1: jokes?
3: I'm <laughs> <Yeah>, like, okay. <laughs> I'm left out. I'm like the little kid that's just swinging.
1: I I said I could hit a baseball off Kyle Hendricks because he doesn't throw that hard. He said a home run. I can't hit a home run off a tee, to be honest with you.
2: I mean, that's hard to do. Have you ever
1: tried it? Yeah, it's not fun.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. If
3: you, if you go up and have a good approach, you could hit Kyle Hendricks. I don't know if you get a hit, but you could hit him.
1: Could one, put, like, look, I'm looking opposite field. I'm looking for something up and over. I'm just going to stick the bat out. I'll bloop it over to the third baseman. I'll be on base. And then I'll tip my hat like Derek Jeter and be done.
3: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Why not?
1: All right. So
0: a little bit about you for here. So I wanted to maybe get your take on this, uh, you know, You had a career, 2017, I believe was your last year playing. Um, You're now in the broadcast booth pretty quickly after. I want to know a little bit about your transition. How was that transition? And also, just, I mean, obviously being in the game for so long, you're still in the game, but on the other side. I mean, do you get that itch being involved in the game, seeing it, or are you comfortable? Is is this not your place, you know, to be at?
3: So first, I should tell you that if someone would have told me I would have been speaking in front of people and on national television or a broadcaster. I don't think there's a human being that knew me before 20 that would have believed it. Um, I grew up with some learning disabilities, um, had a hard time with writing, English, spelling. And, you know, I had to grind through school um, and it followed me my entire life. So I wasn't confident in myself, but I had an awesome, awesome girlfriend that I ended up marrying. Who helped me see that I had more? And, you know, I ended up taking a speech class, and the speech teacher let me be me. And it changed my life with, with like, speaking and allowing my personality come out and, you know, showed me how to kind of be different in the sense of, like, how I could go about things. And um, from there, like, you know, when I was, you know, in college all the way through Pro Bowl, the way I just process things is doing them. I go all in like I I don't like I literally don't go to the shallow end like I go straight to the 100 foot depth of the sea like I want to just get enthralled in it so like I started literally speaking anywhere I could you know doing anything I could to like try to get better at it and that's what gave me the opportunity when I was here as a pirate um, when I got hurt Robbie and Spikowski just asked if I'd fill in fatigue so they I went there and I was just supposed to do it one day. And then they asked me to do it the entire home, the uh, entire weight trip. So I did it and they had that. So when Teak retired, they called me in 17 and, you know, I was pretty much, they called me grandpa. If that tells you anything, I'm, I'm on the Mickey mouse club. They're calling me grandpa. We won the triple A championship. And, you know, it was just one of those years. It was just weird, right? I'm playing left field. I pitched, I played second, I played third, I played first. It, it was just a weird year. You know, I caught, you know, uh, Blake Snell's every outing, but, and it was just, it was so strange. I felt like part of the coaching staff as much as I felt a part of the team. And so I kind of saw that, like, okay, if I'm going to play again, I'm going to have to change some things. So that's when the analytics were there. So I was diving in, mindset shifted. And that's where I came up with, like, all right, this is what my approach should look like. And I put it all, mapped it out right when I got home. And was still having that idea that all right well they called and asked me to do the interview so I went and did it you know see what it's all about then they offered me the job and I was like oh crap what do I do now and then I made a stipulation normal what I do hoping like it'll make the decision easier I said all right well if the who was it
2: Cincinnati Reds call uh Philadelphia or the Dodgers, I'll play. Well, the Dodgers called and they gave me
3: like an incredible offer. And I didn't know what to do. So um, you know, it took I took a couple of days, they let me have a couple of days, and then I saw John Gruden on TV, and he talked about his ability to, you know, really understand the game differently because he was able to talk to other GMs, other head coaches, the quarterbacks coach and understand different philosophies so that way he was becoming a better version of himself and it was going to make him a better coach. And I was like, I like that. I like that a lot. So the next thing I did before I called the Dodgers and this is the last part of the story because I know I get long-winded is I called a guy literally I thought would tell me to play. His name's Jerry Weinstein. They call him, he's the godfather of catching. And there's not really anybody in baseball that doesn't know who Jerry is. I said, Jerry, what do you think? This, this is what I got
2: going on. <laughs> what should I do? He goes,
3: do you think you'll be able to break down someone better than you? Or someone that you're better than? And I said, yeah, why? He goes, then take the job. I was like, huh? You want me to go not play baseball? He's like, yep. He goes, you're going to coach sometime, so go get better at it.
1: Go learn it. Very, very wise with like, the Rockies, isn't he? Huh? He's a Rockies guy, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I've seen him speak before. Yeah, he's awesome. Sorry to uh, cut you off.
3: But he, when he said that, I was just kind of like put back. So I literally picked up the phone and called the Dodgers. Well, they offered me more money, they offered me a better opportunity. And they're like, all right, just call us back in an hour. Let us know. I called them back and told them again. They were like, all right, well, we'll let you in all the coaches' meetings and transit. <laughs> like, allow you. I'm like, What is happening? (laughs) like, this is not okay. And I finally was like, man, I just can't. Like, you know, I I asked the one guy I thought would talk me into playing, and he said something that kind of blew me away. So I appreciate it, and I'm I'm friends with their assistant GM, who was the guy trying to give me a sign there. And that's how I, you know, made that, I guess, transition. I knew my personality. I couldn't, you know, take a year off. I had to stay in it some way. I love the game. I don't miss playing it. What I miss is the grind and I'm going to get that back. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to catch bullpens. I'm going to yeah. work out with guys. I want to get back enthralled in the like actual yeah. like yeah. muck. That's that my
4: OVP up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what you're telling me is you got into analytics. Yeah. So it Those sounds like eventually the analytical team I mean, wanted to sign you. Know, it sounds like you eventually turned them into... down. They lost the Red Sox in the World Series. Pretty much. Coaching, really, is what it, what it sounds yeah. like. man for it man. Is that kind of the goal. Well, some been in all some balls, games. but I respect it. <laughs> yeah, it.
3: It was really cool, and I, I don't even know like what it all entailed when they were telling me stuff. I'm like, man I don't even know what that looks like. And and I told myself if I was gonna play, like I just wanted to play, like you know, like I didn't I didn't care about anything else. And they just kept like throwing stuff at me. I'm like, man, that just seems like a lot, you know. And I just want to do like one thing if I'm going to do this. So, but if they come back with the automated strike zone, I may come out of (laughs) retirement. There you go.
0: (laughs) And swing away. Nope. I'm going to take. Oh, Oh, right, right, right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And eventually they're going to have to throw strikes. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I, I don't know
3: what the like actual in game of it is, is, but I do want to teach and I do want to serve. Um, I want to lead a group of men and 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 create better men uh, to go out in the world. Like I, I I did a tweet today that you know, any awesome. yeah. a good teacher can teach someone to be good at the task at hand, but a great teacher can teach someone to be great at life. And I mean that's kind of what like my mentality is and if there's a way i can do it by being on media and you know teaching on air and doing camps and like maybe taking a handful <laughs> of guys and kind of creating a network of guys you just keep in touch with you mentor and and do stuff like that that may be enough um it really depends on the game uh, it's very um, group think mentality so you have to really get into the right place, you know, and I've had some opportunities and I've thought about it, but right now it's, it's just not in my heart to do it, but I do want to, I do want to find a way like I'm moving here and I'm going to get enthralled in the community when it comes to baseball. So
1: we'll see what Ford, happens. If, if you ever want to come down to a youth camp, we, we run one there for the team I coach, but uh, yeah. once a year
3: yeah holler at me i
1: i, I plus if they increase the size of bases, cams in january less less uh pick. so, so less you I, have to run i deal with the pitchers a lot and i know that you're going to yeah. be yelling at them to get quicker <laughs> to the plate that'd be nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so we don't have a bunch of aj burnett's love him <laughs> well, we don't want slow to the plate knuckleball knuckle so knuckle gloves the they're like... yeah unless you can punch a lot of tickets you need
3: yeah. to get to the plate. Do you ever yeah. catch knuckleballers? But, you know, going back to what we were talking about with blocking and receiving uh-huh. and, and, and the value of defense behind the plate, I mean, 1.9% <laughs> <clears throat> run saved by, by throwing, it's 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 obsolete. I think it's going to come back like we were talking about. I think guys are going to take more chances. You know, the stuff's nastier. So, I, you know, if guys don't start taking off on dirt balls, I'm going to pull out my hair. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think you're going to see a little bit more action this year than we have in the past.
2: I, I always thought it was insane. You'd watch, like, Getting you'd watch all-star the games, team. and you'd see, like,
4: Pudge. And it's like see, Super
3: Mario. You know, you know Yachty the big back there and, <laughs> and plus catching it was Tim be Wakefield And you, know, so you got that and the three
2: <laughs> inches, you know?
3: Yeah, I'd like a four-foot glove, please, for behind <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, those things are sweet. Yeah, I did. I
3: caught one for three years in the minor leagues, and uh, I started with the first baseman's glove.
4: The lost art. I feel like still.
3: R. A. Dickey sent us a yeah. actual knuckleball glove, but I tried a a catcher's soft a catcher's uh, a softball catcher's glove, and I hated it. So I did a first baseman glove, and then I took a foul tip, and my finger got like that. Like, it was literally like that big, so they yeah. they got me a <laughs> Ari Dickie's glove, and I don't have it. I'm so sad about it. It's True. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, there's an art to it. Like when when my guy was on, like. Yeah. You you just have to wait yeah. forever yeah. like okay okay last movement last movement it's just different and like the running game's different like you have to get really creative <laughs> so it, it's 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 crazy. <laughs> it's going to come back too. That's and excellent. watch Tampa Bay, they have knuckleball camps cuz the analytics to a knuckleball yeah. are crazy good. Like you know the swing and miss percentage but it's all about how you utilize it. So it's going to be really neat to see guys do it. You know?
1: Also, there you're you go, Tyler. You know what? <laughs> you're also not going to blow your arm out.
3: Well, I think I honestly believe that every team should have a guy that eats innings. That's all he does. Like he could be terrible. Right. But like that way you're not killing your guys. You know, you're down <laughs> 10 runs, you know, instead of throwing in a position player. Oh, bring out Tommy, John, let's go. <laughs> I'll you do know? it. I'll just go. I'll like, yeah. Like, you know how many human beings that played in the minor leagues that like throw 95 that would love to just come here and throw their arm out and then leave? You know what I mean? Like, thanks. I'm all right. right. Where's like, I'm the like, next one at? I'm right. I got six years of service time. See you guys. Like, yeah. they yeah, have like yeah. 100 ERA. They're fired up. Right. <laughs> like, we want you to go in, get annihilated. Right. That's all you got to do. Have fun.
0: And that'll but create some great. action. So there you go. Also be exactly. great Two birds, guy. one stone.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. When I pitched in the minor leagues, I gave up like three homers in like three innings.
1: So <laughs> actually get all about you got a guy to pimp the home run. Hey, bring him in. Put our real starter in left batter. Throw yeah. at him. Yeah. Watch him get tossed and then all right, come back.
3: Yeah. See, like I think that would be fun in the game. Like I more fights. I think that's it'd what be what cool if they brought in the hockey fight. <laughs> You know, with, the, with but with okay the with umpire, it. with the umpire. So, like instead of a flat, like flag or like a replay, let's let's just let them duke it out for a minute, winner take all, right? If I want to challenge a call, that umpire better be ready, baby, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> I Amir, Amir Garrett's out. on board. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but like, the, um, could you imagine? Like, the umpires start getting jacked up. It'd be so fun. Like.
2: I
1: challenge you to a duel, my friend. Yes, say Say that again, Tyler. Michael McHenry versus Jerry Meals.
3: Yeah, like we would have won that game. (laughs) Awesome, (laughs) like extreme baseball. That'd be so fun.
1: XOB, it's on its (laughs) way.
3: Yeah, that's the rules they should change.
2: (laughs)
1: Michael, I've got my own set of role changes I would like to see, but I don't know if we have time for them. I would love to hear them. Real quick, here's my thought.
2: You know that we don't, in basketball, LeBron James has the ball all game. Mm
1: -hmm. So what if we instead, in baseball, we had you could reset your batting order every inning. So Mike Trout can hit every single inning.
2: That's cool, actually. Thank
1: you. So every inning, Mike Trout gets the hit. If Don't matter. If you want. And then that also gives you a sh- – if my shortstop can't hit, put him in the back of the order, but he can field, and that don't matter. Give, gift and go pay is the starting shortstop. So, so they should
3: I, – I think stuff like that would be fun. Like they should do some like extra That don't count, so to speak, yeah. towards their record. But like they do stuff like that. You know, they play 162. <laughs> like just cut it to 145, play 10 extra games and do weird yeah. stuff. Right? Like it'd be fun.
1: Mike Trout gets nine at bats a game. Who doesn't like that?
3: Yeah. Or like if, just... for example, like I'm the backup catcher, right? So I'm hot as nails. I get nine at bats a-, a day. It'd be awesome. Right? Right. Yeah. That's all you want to do when you feel good at the play. You just
1: want another bat. Like give me up. Give and me if up. you start 0 for 4. All right, move to the back of the line. What if you kind of made? Like Japan, what, if,
4: what if you kind of made extra innings like MVP. hockey, where like they have a shootout awesome. after overtime? I mean, like so, if there's no if winner after ten innings, it was almost home run derby. I, I thought besides. this would be
3: cool. It'll never. It may fly at one point, but like in the extra innings, you can pick who takes the like pinch hit as a fan. Like you do, like a real time vote.
0: Oh wow!
3: <laughs> yeah, like we've, I,
0: we've all joked like about. That. like doing votes on Twitter and stuff for like managerial moves, you know? So that's almost like the same thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The whole (laughs) moves would be awesome. Like, but like maybe just do it next year innings or during an exhibition game or even during spring, like towards the end when they're playing, you know,
1: if there was an app for just fans to be coaches and we all just vote on, all right, do we want to bunt? Do we want to, do we want to take a pitch? What do we want to do here? What are we throwing (laughs) now, Mike? Cool, won't we'll like that. He likes call the game.
0: We bring in our closer in the seventh inning.
1: <laughs> exactly. Or we have five guys yeah. on the field for extra innings.
3: Yeah, I, I think like, but like, if you think about it, like, if you want to try it, like, just you know, create some exhibition games, have fun with it, and then like see what the fans like. Well, that's what I was here. just going to
0: say here too with that. I mean, we joke, we call this the XLB, but like, don't you feel like MLB almost like needs its counterpart here? I mean, NFL has it with the XFL. You, you get some creativity. Maybe that's how MLB can, can take and maybe get some creativity into the games also. And now with all the minor leagues being cut, you have some players that could be used for this league.
3: It's it's close. It's gotta be close. I, I've heard rumblings but I don't know really uh, it's it's either going to be an expansion or like someone's going to step up because you're right like there's going to be a lot of good players <laughs> that are going to have a hard time finding jobs and you know did you did you guys watch the game today De, uh the young um mm-hmm. was talking about going to independent ball and then kind of like reinventing himself and getting back in pro ball I mean think about yeah. that now he's going to go to independent <laughs> ball that's controlled by MLB and then has weird rules to reinvent yeah. himself to get back to the yeah. big league. So, like, it's going to be a different animal than it was before. So, guys like him may go to a different league now. Instead of going to the premier Atlantic league independent ball, which is equivalent probably to double A, he's probably going to go to the low A side, reinvent himself, you know, so he can actually get good. enthralled yeah. with what he's trying to do. So, like, yeah, if he had another league, like, he just bounced that league. You know, he's, he's a good player. And, you know, you could create some really weird stuff and have some fun. Like do a dome and have holes in the outfield wall, like one date <laughs> runs. All right, how fun would that be? One, one's like you're out and you just hit a mega homer, like you hit it through the hole and it's just, oh, sorry, you're out, big guy.
1: See you later. I feel like you're or trying to get giant... an outfielder killed out there. Though. <laughs> or just giant <laughs> billboards out there. You hit this. It's worth two runs. Yeah, or like you hit that and it gives
2: something to a fan. There you go. Yeah, it be fun. Yeah, but i would be interested to see what happens with that because
3: you're right. They've really not had anybody, you know, challenge them. So it would be interesting. Maybe the MOBPA.
2: <laughs> Who knows? Oh, wow.
3: I've always wondered if that would happen. So the players take over, and then they realize, oh, wait, we just created another MOB. <laughs>
0: we can only hope maybe something even wrap this up here uh with you having maybe we're inside are we going to have a start to the 2022 season in april or what do you think what's the future for baseball this upcoming off season
3: um well guys i gotta i gotta bounce uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um no you know i pray it they figure it out but there's a lot of tension man um and i don't think the. The pandemic did anybody any favors. Um, I don't think the world did MOB and MOBPA any favors. And you know, they're both fighting for themselves. And it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to see what happens. Um, you have a huge union, and the the focus isn't necessarily on the entire union, it's focused on a select part of the union, and the MOB is the same way. It has a select group of people that you know, that have most of the decision-making power. So it makes it tough. Right. So, you know, until they can kind of come on board and make some great decisions to think about the fan, you know, like I, I get it. Like you want to protect the players, but like there's a lot of ways to protect the players and there's a lot of ways to like protect MLB. They just have to look at the fan and if they would, I genuinely believe that. I, I believe that about, anything in life you focus on loving the person you're supposed to be serving. You're not going to go wrong, right? People are going to think you're going to go wrong because people suck sometimes. But at the end of the day, like you can't please everybody, but what you can do is say, Hey, let's like, look outside of ourselves. Like we make a lot of money. We, we, we have the ability to do this for a very short period of time. Let's enhance it. Let's brand these guys and they can make money outside the game through things that they have endeavors in because they've made a brand for themselves. Right. And that's going to help maybe with the licensing that they're going to argue about and the insurance and the other stupid rules and taking more money into the draft and shortening it. Like there's impact on all those things. Cause you're not going to see guys like uh, Lim Hendricks, who was a 38th round pick or something. And he's one of the best closers in all of baseball. It, that guy doesn't exist anymore. Like, and it, it those stories are awesome. You want those stories. So like they got to find a balance where they're not fundamentally changing the bottom half of this game to, you know, it becomes a test dummy instead of like, you know, making this a comp, like they're actually competing and like they're bringing in good people as well as good players to compete against each other. Cause sometimes a good guy wins, right. You have a great player, but he's a jerk and you know, he, about himself only so he loses the guy that's really good like tom brady he wouldn't get drafted in mlb last year so like you have to look at kind of the whole picture and like how can we attack this the right way and I, I don't know if they're gonna do it i honest to god don't know um i have an opinion on it and if you want it i'll give it but like i i i've been trying to research it and understand it but i don't know yeah but my opinion is no
0: all right. I'll take that. I mean, I'm leaning towards your opinion as well. Like, like you mentioned, I think it's all true. But you know
2: what? I'll, been- I'll tell you
3: something. I know you guys, I told you I'd give you all I got. Mm-hmm. I do think they'll cross the line. I think baseball will start on time, and I think it would be good baseball. Because I think
2: there's been more players with
3: adequate amount of service time that I've talked to that fill left out that feel lost right like i don't feel a part of the union like i was a union i was a union rep for 7 years i don't feel like a part of the union um i know hundreds of guys that don't feel a part of the union so like i wouldn't cross the line um just because of people that didn't do it before but i'm not the i don't think i'm going to be the majority because guys guys are looking out for themselves more than i've ever seen in baseball And the games put it that way, right? Because if you look out for yourself, you can sign a $350, $400 million deal, right? And it's not as much the team game because you're not seeing the sacrifice bump. You're not seeing guys, you know, sacrifice, you know, a ball to second base because that doesn't pay them. That's not going to be good in arbitration. If they start rewarding those things, maybe it changes, right? Yes. And it's 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 it's, they just have to look at like what's there and say like what can we do and like what's right, you know? Because you can't do this the whole time. You just kind of need to look at it and say, okay, what would be better for the fans? And that's I think that's a common ground they can get like get behind. But I really believe MLB is going to be like, hey, anybody wants to play, let's go. You know how many people got like lost their job this year, like minor leaguers, like. My buddy, who is one of the best players in double A, not last year, obviously not last year, but the year before, led the league in homers, just signed. And he had to call the GM, the assistant GM, the farm director, assistant farm director, his old coach. He called the bench coach on the big league side. And then he finally wrote a letter every week for six weeks saying, I will come and clean the cleats. And And he got signed.
2: Wow. He hit 22 homers and like
3: 85 RBIs, 292, like right handed uh, first baseman, plays a little else, but he's really a catcher. And the only way they would sign him is if he caught exclusively. He hasn't done that in five years.
2: So, like, it's it's just, it's a different realm, right? Like, it's, it's,
3: it's going to be interesting to see, like, what happens with that? Because I, I truly believe like there's a lot of guys. I Feel like we say, just we just oh, see a segment play. of
1: Fort rants, right, right? Especially after not playing pretty. on this show every week. Just Fort comes on, he rants <laughs> and he can't talk about on AT and Let him talk.
3: <laughs> hey hey, I've actually uh, I, I'd love
1: to because you know
3: they've been encouraged. Uh, the person that like runs our like branding side has been telling me like get get away from AT and 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 brand yourself because if they're not gonna if like the the game's not going to brand each thing you know like you have to do it like the entire market in the United States and around the world are becoming micro influencer influencer and and, and, and the business type brands like what does it want to be who do you want to be if you're not doing that you're gonna get left behind so I've been encouraged to like step outside the box like AT and T is my family I love them to death but like. If that can help me and help
1: and let them, them, why don't I do it? Click yeah. play. Let's go Fort. it. I,
3: I, 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 I obviously, I, I oh, obviously I like it. you guys because I am ranting oh, a man, little. the amount of <laughs> <laughs> –
0: I'm also, like, tuning in now, like, every broadcast oh, he- to see, like, what I can pick on with him. You know, like, <laughs> he doesn't know he gets me my well ear, like, oh, yet. man, we got him this week. I can <laughs> so, like, go I off on this like one, right?
1: Oh, I can't. Yes.
0: Oh, we know you can Right. Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. I think it'd be fun to like try to slip in like, um, like some weird word, you know, (laughs) know, like, how can you, how can you slip something like super
4: troopers? (laughs) Like how many times can you say meow?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
3: this guy's really good. That'd
1: be a blast. All right, let's try to get juxtaposition into (laughs) the next broadcast. I, I don't know if I can say that. I have to work on that one. I can't either. So that's why I asked you to do it. That's,
0: <laughs> that's what
1: makes it great. That's
0: right.
3: <laughs> uh, good.
0: All right, Fort. Well, I think it's about time. Um, really, really appreciate you coming on. We had a blast here as well. Yeah. And um, maybe, maybe we'll have some rants of the weeks here with you
1: in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. If not, we'll just talk about some swing mechanics for a good hour. You
3: yeah, I
1: could, I could do
3: that. I'm I think that's probably, probably my passion,
1: man. I, I, I love it. I will do that with you any day of the week.
3: Yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> Just let me
0: know. All right. Well, once again, that's uh, the fort. Michael McHenry. Go follow him on Twitter. Go see him on AT and Go in the Pirates games. We'll hopefully talk to you soon.
3: Yeah, I appreciate
0: it. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Absolutely, you thanks. Too.